Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mail Right Show. Today, we're going to talk about effective real estate digital lead nurturing strategies that work in 2023. That's a hell of a mouthful that we came up with. But uh, here's what you can also know about the show. We've done this 384 times. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The show number for tonight is 384. That's just absolutely confounding. Bonkers. Bonkers. It's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. And I've been doing this for about 160 of those times with John. So that's bonkers to me too, for that matter. It's amazing that you you could put up with me for 150 episodes, really, isn't it? Or vice versa. It's amazing both ways, I think. So uh, you're you're more rational than me. (laughs) I I guess I won't argue with that. Um, But I'm going to say this: it's been a true delight and a pleasure and an honor to do all these. Sometimes it had. Sometimes you wanted to kill me, really, didn't you? Well, any good relationships like that. If you're not making the other person just want to pull their hair out, you're not really doing it right. My well, you got some hair to pull out. I haven't. (laughs) Right. I mean, so you're automatically ahead of me. I can't really do the same thing because you've got nothing to pull out. I've got a little bit left. It's getting a little bit thin now but still John, make there. up your mind first you yeah. say you've got no hair then you say you've got a little bit left so well, I've, got a, gonna... I've got as much as you have so there we go so there <laughs> we are all right so um before we jump into the show, ladies and gentlemen, John and I always do these shows the same way. We sit here and talk about ways to get a hold of us and so on and so forth. So I'm going to every once in a while I like I like to mix it up. So I'm gonna mix it up this show. I'm gonna say that that John is an incredible WordPress guy. He's got another podcast, WP Tonic, Tonic, that is pretty much a leader in the field. It was one of the reasons that when I did my research originally that I decided that I wanted to partner with John on the podcast in the first place is that he obviously knew how to build up a successful audience to dig into a topic draw people in, keep them there. Uh, If you haven't already seen that other show, go to it. If you want to reach out to John, you can do so on his website, mail-right, and he will give you a website or like an email address if he wants. But here's the thing. John's making a WordPress website. He's making CRM. He has lots of experience building these tools. He's done a good job of it. He competes with services like Real Geeks and other companies. He's got a slightly more competitive price point and a much more competitive mindset uh, because he's still building his service. So if you're looking for something like that, how would you like people to get in touch with you and have that discussion, John? Oh, thanks for the intro. I really, that was fabulous. Uh, um, well, just go to mel-right.com and book a demo with me or Adam, my, co- my co-founder. And we'd love to help you out or have a chat, give you some advice. Back over to you, Rob. Beautiful. And for those of you who don't know or do know who I am, you can learn a hell of a lot more about me at inboundrem.com. I'm a real estate SEO guy, an inbound marketer, a storyteller, and um, I believe strongly in the power of drawing people into you as opposed to pushing them in any particular place. And I talk a lot about that on my website, give out tons. Actually, I give out a million dollars worth of free information on my site. No joke. So go check it out. Now, without any further ado, we are going to talk about real estate digital lead nurturing strategies that we think are going to work in 2023. So, um, 
Number one on the list is planned digital content. And I think I know what the heart of this was. I think I understood what you were what you were trying to say when you put the subject down on the uh, as part of this topic. But I'd love to hear your exactly what you meant. What do you mean when you say planned digital content? Well, it's linked to the concept that we've discussed on omnipresence omnipresence marketing. That's a mouthful, isn't it, Rob? Uh, um, It's, you know, being everywhere in your local market, online, in person, and also online. You know, when people, um, the the buyer's journey is returning to a more normal span timeline, Um, Mm -hmm. most of the leads you generate digitally aren't going to become a commission check straight away. Because that time span, a lot of the people that are going to be approaching you um, are not at the present moment looking to buy, but in the next six to 12 months, they're going to be. So it's important that you keep yourself in front of them. Um, So when it, and you prove that you're the knowledge expert. Um, that you're not a commodity, that you actually have something to bring to the table. And that's why what you offer, Robert, and your team is about helping agents prove that they've got something to bring to the table. But you've got to keep yourself in front of that audience. And that's why you need a plan of action so you are omnipresence online is there. You're in front of that audience so when they are ready to hire a real estate professional you're that person don't disagree um the way that i read this plan digital content so i'm going to take this in a slightly different direction and this is just a matter of interpretation it's not what john meant he just told us what he meant but uh the way that i read it was a digital content plan a strategy Hmm. that you map out in advance that's how I read the subject. Yeah. So the the thought that I had walking into our podcast was um, I'm still – I haven't followed up entirely on the show that we did a couple times ago, but, but John came up with a really incredible list of tools, some of which were tools to basically chop up and edit existing video content that you had and then redistribute it. So when you say plan digital content, I was thinking, huh. It'd be really cool to kind of do 10, maybe like big, you know, pieces of media, 10 videos, that kind of thing. But then if you could use some of those cool little tools and hacks and chop them up, you would really then have a plan of distributing all that micro-sized, bite-sized content in many different ways, in many different places, social channels, just like you said, and drawing them back into maybe the long-form piece of content. Because what I've noticed... Because I do long form. I do long form on my blog. I do long form for my clients. There's no doubt that traffic is dropping to long form, which you, I, most of you would probably be surprised that a guy that does this for a living is going to tell you, hey, interest in traffic drops to this. The thing about long form is that it doesn't stop being effective. They have 10 people come and three read the whole damn thing. The three people end up being pretty sold on you and your expertise. It's not about the high volume of numbers. It's about getting a small handful of highly qualified people from beginning to end to 
an interest piece, something where you educate them on, let's say, how to do a, a very specific thing. Maybe only 10 people want to know how to do that thing. Here's the thing. All those little bite-sized pieces of content that you planned, there are 10 lines in the water to draw people into that long form that are creative back-end ways like Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. You can get those little 30-second segments of a video that connects into a long-form piece of content and put them out there and have 10 different ways, 10 different little avenues to get somebody into a deeper dive. And that's what I was thinking of when you said planned digital content. So it's obviously not necessarily what you meant, but it plays very well. Well, no, actually, the the two are combined because um, I totally agree with what you've just outlined, but uh, I wanted to give uh, in my own um, my own thinking why you want to do what you have so well outlined, and that's the omnipresence because you got to be you got to plan it and reutilize the content you've produced, but you've got to be consistent as well. So, which leads us, but all this whole entire subject leads us really nicely into number two on the list, which is social media with paid nurturing. And John in parentheses put, you need to support your social media outreach with money. So once again, I'm just going to say, hey, why don't you kick us off and explain what you were thinking when you put this on the list? Well, well, apart from um, Twitter, but also Twitter has just done some changes that directly support what I'm just about to say. In most social media platforms, your um, native reach, you know, um, if you put a post or a bit of content on Instagram, Facebook, there's a number of platforms. Um, Every year, the, the organic reach of that content is being throttled down. Um, and it's linked to point one, you you need omnipresence. Well, um, you might put organically on these social platforms as, as much content as you like, but every month, every six months, every year, they're throttling down how many people see that content. So um, you're going to have to put a little bit of money down and um, also use retargeting, uploading a list of names and emails and then um, retargeting those people, you know, friending somebody that just shown some interest on your website or some content is a bit creepy. Um, But retargeting works if you can put that in a list and then retarget your social media. But you're going to have to put some money in, not enormous amount, but you've got to put some a bit of money. So all this effort that you're putting in to your plan of action to get omnipresent marketing actually works, Robert. I don't disagree. So I've talked about this before, maybe not on this podcast, but uh, the best kind of marketing, hands down, everybody hear me, is let's just say that you acquire, um, I was talking to somebody recently, John, who is going to target a a luxury neighborhood that has 3,000 homes. Older neighborhood, been there for a while, average home price, uh, one to 10 million. 
Okay, so, but all the stops are coming out. There's just no limit on budget, no limit on what what they can do. But they just they only are interested in those three thousand homeowners. Nobody else. Don't care about anybody else. So what are they going to do? Well, first they're going to do what we always talk about: write blog posts, content, do YouTube videos, be useful, that all that. But then they're going to take it a step further. They've already acquired the three thousand uh, email addresses and all the information from those homeowners, which with very good information providers you can get most of that information. Most of it's publicly available. So skip tracers have really great ways of getting information from anybody, anywhere. If you've ever given your information to anybody publicly, you probably have had your name sold. Doesn't matter how wealthy you are, what you've got going on, that's probably true. So all 3,000 of these names and numbers, email addresses, are going to get uploaded into every social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, and then he's going to do retargeting and remarketing with fix- with pixels. And so the ads follow these people around along with mailers, along with YouTube videos, the blog content. So basically... There are going to be five or 10 different ways that these people are going to be advertised to. And a small handful of those people are going to probably see the email, see the mailer, go online, see the ad, and subconsciously, whether they realize it or not, the only real estate agent names that, you know, if they don't already have one in place that they're going to remember is it's going to be this guy, this team. It's a brilliant, it's an omni strategy, just like you're talking about. It's using every marketing method that there is, really, traditional, digital. And hey, you could even back all that up by getting the phone numbers to all 3,000 homes and do an introduction campaign on top of everything else, a gift basket along with a phone call. If the money is big enough at the other end of this, it makes sense to do all that. makes sense to just completely dominate and take over a market. 100% and then just reap the rewards over the five or 10 year period. Um, So that's when you say social media with paid nurturing, you don't have to go that deep, everybody, but you could do uh, like a YouTube video with uh, paid advertising. Brett Wallace just did a little experiment with this and spent $150 and got like 2,000 views to a video. Didn't really get any calls, but he's got a heck of a lot of views for 150 bucks. So. um, yeah, I'm not, talk- for doing that. I'm not talking about a huge budget here. I'm I'm talking about 100 to 200 dollars a month. If you're going to put the time, but the other factor, which a lot of agents don't understand, um, is the amount of volume of social media that you're going to have to churn out to actually move the needle. It's a lot more. Um, that's where having a scheduler, having a platform, having a plan, and then being proactive around commenting about more time-related local subjects and combining it. But you're going to have to knock out a lot more than you think. Agreed. Um so next on our list is email. I was I I've been um, I'm in the Philippines and I'm recruiting a, a sales team, which is con- kind of like making me relearn and requestion a lot of the basic sales principles that I talk about on the phone. One of the people that I follow, one of the influencers, said something interesting to me, um, or not to me directly, just like in the span of teaching a course that I paid for. Um, 
just emphasized again, 20, 30 years, ever since the advent of email, in their opinion, the most valuable thing that you can have is still an email address. And I was, I don't disagree with that. I think long, long term over a five or 10 year timeline, email is still one of the most consistent, reliable forms of marketing they can do, which is number three, which is why I'm happy to see that it's number three on your list, email, real weekly or monthly value content. So why don't you explain what you mean by that? Well, I totally agree with what you say, but it's also the most abused bit of marketing in the real estate industry. I mean, it is really a totally abused child of marketing. Um, I don't send a weekly or monthly newsletter with MailRite, but my other business, I do. And I've been, I personally write it. I write it every week. Um, I have a list of news topics and then I write personally about a specific topic and I've been doing that for about seven years it's a thousand person list um I do cleanse it every year mm-hmm. and I get it goes up a bit and then I cleanse it goes down so it stays around a thousand so it's not large mm-hmm. but they've been receiving my email for almost seven eight years now and I know that some of my biggest clients, some of my most profitable gigs have come from that list, Robert. Um, One of my biggest clients that spent a lot of money with me came from that outreach. So, but when it comes to the real estate industry, it is so abused. Um, you need to provide some some value and you need to spend time on it or you need to pay Robert and his team to do something like that for you. Um, but it needs to be done in the right way and you need to provide consistent value. And if you do that, it will pay off. Again, don't disagree. Don't disagree at all. Um, which uh, brings us at what will actually, I'm going to say this to, to everybody. And when it comes to my clients, I've got my, my service built in tiers, John. And, and the first tier is let's just build them a website, get them organic traffic, get them, you know, get them in front of YouTube, maybe get them ranking hyper locally, essentially get them some kind of placement visibility on Google, right? Anywhere, any, any channel <laughs> that makes sense. But then the second step, once there is visibility, is to install some more of the modern AI tools that are actually available that most people don't know about, which are you can buy and install tools that will scrape traffic information and grab email addresses to people that have actually visited your website. It's one of my favorite hacks in uh, in the world of marketing is that there are these tools that exist and you can probably collect 30 or 40% of the traffic's information that comes to your website and then send out emails to it. And then if you want, create further uh, marketing redundancies because once you have the email information, you're seeing who's opening your emails. There's nothing to say that you can't create a list out of that, upload it into the social media channels that you like and create retargeting campaigns around strictly people who've already engaged with your email. And so now you've got a truly impactful, you know, multi string 
you know, advertising campaign, which by the way, we're going to do here at Inbound REM as soon as we actually need more clients, which we, we don't. I'm in the Philippines training additional salespeople so I can do some of these things because I don't, I don't need to right now. So, but for our clients, it's a really great tool conceptually and it's very low cost. When you have these targeted, highly focused people that you've somehow pulled down and then you're sending emails and they're opening those emails, getting an ad in front of them and keeping it there is really not that expensive. So really effective, really inexpensive and starts with email. Email is an important part of that. So love to see that. All right. Um, Shall we go for a break, Rob? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Sorry. Sorry about that, everybody. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, John is going to say, let's do a break. I oftentimes forget, but we're going we're gonna to check out wherever you've seen us, wherever you found us. Please do us a favor. Give us a thumbs up. Um, share any thoughts that you have about the show with us. Hit my contact form at inboundrm.com. Hit his at mail-right.com, and uh, we'll be happy to have a conversation with you about the show. We'll be right back. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRight. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back to episode number 384. We are talking about effective real estate digital lead nurturing strategies that are going to work in 2023. Uh, We just covered number three on the list, which was uh, email, uh, weekly or monthly value content. Number four on the list is Google Display Adverts. They're very cheap compared to many other forms of online adverts. So why don't you uh, explain... Yeah, take us away, John. Yeah, it's one of the more affordable. Its conversion is lower than um, word-targeting advertising on Google. I'm not going to lie, it is no shape or form as, as, as effective in lead generation. But combining it with the other things that we've discussed it should be looked at, especially in a in a local market, like your example of those three thousand households that you're you're working with a Pacific agent on. Um, it linked to the concept of omnipresence. It's very effective and it's very affordable, but I wouldn't. I think combined with some of the other things that we said, it's something that's forgotten. But if it is combined with some of the other things that we've talked about, it's very affordable um, and it can work. But just doing it on its own, I would say probably isn't. But I'd be interested in your thoughts, Robert. Um. I've used Google advertising and adverts many times in many different ways, and I've always felt like in a specific circumstance, ads work really well. There's never going to be a time that Google ads or adverts, whether it's display advertising or text advertising, it 
it, it couldn't be effective. E-commerce, real estate. I like the idea for advertising in real estate for something unusual. I dislike the idea of advertising in real estate, direct advertising, like like search marketing advertising, when you're saying, I'm just going to say I'm up against everybody else that's targeting the keyword homes for sale in Orlando, Florida, right? As an example, I just don't like it. So, so much competition. The bidding is really aggressive. The value of the traffic is diminished because you've got four or five other people that they can easily check out in the same keyword grouping. Now change that over to say, to, to hit, to, to steal a little bit from John's list here and instead say, looking to learn about relocating to Orlando, I'm doing a free webinar Mm -hmm. on relocating from Canada to Florida on such and such a date and using that as display advertising right up against the same keyword. So you're advertising the same keyword, but your ad is incredibly different. And so now you send people to a page, you have them sign up for a free webinar, and now you get in front of the the traffic that's actually interested in learning something. If that's what we're we're using these advertisings for, I love it. Love it. About it all day long. And it's much better than organic marketing because organic marketing is too slow to pivot to that kind of strategy. So... Well, I, I... I totally agree, but I didn't mean that actually, but you've put a, a new facet there and I totally agree with what you just said, but I was linking it more about putting the agent's face, you know, in front of the target audience, you know, you're re-marketing to them on social media oh. you're, um, and it's just reinforcing, it's just putting yourself in front again at a very affordable price at that target audience. But everything you've just said, I also totally agree with. It's another way that you can utilize these display efforts. True facts. And last but not least, you've got local search uh, services, search packs, which which Google separated out into its own category of advertising. So it's actually completely separate from the entire ecosphere of other advertising products and services that they have. And it's still... A year into into it being launched, it's still the best deal available to a real estate agent in terms of price and acquisition price. You're not going to get more than one or two deals a year because of how oversaturated it is. But seeing as how you only pay when somebody clicks on your ad or calls you, I mean, you can't compare. This is so uncom- like Zillow doesn't compare. Nothing compares. You should every realtor in the light in the country that has a license should be there because you get one deal a year. You'll pay a hundred and fifty dollar acquisition price at most for that deal, and you won't. There's no deal like that inside real estate advertising. So, no. I don't think I don't think still a lot of agents know about that or. It's traction, do you think, because it is Google and they've just been slowly rolling it out. What do you think the factors why that hasn't become more popular? Is it really just what you said? You get one or two deals, but it's not enough to really move the needle a lot. Uh, I think it's the complicated sign-up process. Yeah. Really. I do. It's not easy. It's not a given. You can't just, like I am saying, a license, but you have to hold the license. They check the license. It's complicated. It's complicated to sign up for. And then you're at, at the end of the day, somebody's looking at how complicated it is to sign up and understanding that they're spending all that complicated time for a method of advertising they have to pay for. I, w- I questioned it when I put my first client in. I'm like, this is a lot of hurdles to jump through so that I can pay you money. 
I mean, <laughs> you have to be Google to pull something like this off. <laughs> yeah, that that was yeah, that was my own thoughts as well because we did some videos on it, and I do believe in it. Um, but it does seem a bit painful. It's 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 very typical of Google, isn't it? Very, very. So, last but not least on the list, and I kind of I kind of preempted the subject, but mm. it's monthly webinars. I know so many people that still use this to such incredibly powerful effect. So, John, why don't you talk, like, share what you had, you know, what you were thinking when you put it on the list? Well, I'd like to expand it because I think it's the it's the concept that we've pushed over the past year and a half of becoming the digital mayor um, of your of your local market. Um, I link it to doing um, a podcast where you interview um, movers and shakers in your local community, and then doing a, a monthly webinar. Uh, about market conditions, proving that you're the expert, that you, that's why I do the podcast. That's why we do this podcast Mm. and why I do my other podcast, uh, which is up. I did it this morning and uh, we're up to 760 shows. I've been doing it for eight years, Robert. (laughs) Uh, um, God, for God, eight years, Robert. Um, But the reason why I keep doing it, Robert, um, is... Um, I can't directly, I do know that it has led to other people in the WordPress space sending clientele to me. Um, for me, it, it's social proof that I'm serious in the word spray. There's an enormous amount of benefits and that's why I've continued and I enjoy doing this podcast with you. Um is that I think it proves that we're legit. You, not so much you, because you've got a much longer track record. But um, I have been doing this podcast now for almost four years, Robert. So I think I'm reasonably serious about um, Mel Riot and the business, really. Um, sure. But so doing it, it proves that you're doing the webinar. I would link it to podcasting as well. But the thing is, it's all right suggesting all this. It's just the time factor, isn't it, Robert? It's really difficult for real estate agents because it's famine or it's either you're inundated or it's famine. It's very hard. It's very hard to get consistency. So, but if you do block up, you just need to block a bit of space to maybe do a weekly podcast um, and then do a, a monthly webinar about a subject, block the space off, unless it's a crucial deal, keep it blocked. And I think you'll get benefits. What do you reckon, Robert? I mean, I think it's it's a skill just like any other. I love the webinar format because it truly is a teacher's format. And I that is that is really my whole jam with the web is that I think it's a great space for us to educate, tell stories, you know, um, compel through knowledge, compel through experience. Um, that's how I think that, that like, that's the direction I think marketing is going is gone. And I love any tool that does that. Webinars are incredibly powerful. They're like the old infomercials where you got, you found yourself. If you're older like me, I'm 52 who I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to call John out, but he probably knows what I'm talking about. But there used to be infomercials, and we used I to wish sell, I, was, I wish I was 52. <laughs> we used to sell in Girls Gone Wild. We used to spend seven million dollars in infomercials per month, right? So we're doing all this advertising, and we sold tens of thousands of of DVDs, and it was really a story, a compelling story that you were telling. That was that was a real not not the proudest moment of my entire career. I didn't really believe in that product. But I will say this, the format, the storytelling format worked wonders. When you told a story and you drew people into it, you'd be, a, you'd be amazed at how compelling that was and how many people stayed through to the end, a 30-minute commercial really, and then they, they stayed through to the end and bought something from you. It's all about how you do it how you educate. So I love webinars. Same thing as an infomercial, really. Yeah, I think, you know, linking it, you know, promote it through your podcast, promote it for your, through your email list. It's also something you can promote through social media. Um, the people, if it's a, if the subject, you can link the subject to somebody that's really further on the sales journey. Um you, it can really generate a really um, a group of people that might be further on that journey and really get some really strong leads. So it's definitely worth it. It's just planning it out and being consistent. You know, um, it takes. You know, it's not easy for Rob, and it, you know, I'm, I, I'm just. We've hardly missed. You've hardly missed a session with podcast i've hardly missed one we're very dedicated aren't we you yeah. know a lot of people they're just you know you don't want like einstein said you know the sign of madness is you keep doing the same thing and expect a different result but on the other hand you've got to be committed and you've got to turn up and it's a combination of the both isn't it i feel yeah, I do. I feel the same way. And, um, and, and, and I think that just depending on the webinar or the podcast, whatever it is that you're talking about, if you, if you take the time to understand your audience and how they're responding, it's going to position you very well. I've had the same experience John has. I haven't, I, I've probably acquired a couple of customers directly from the podcast, but what I have really acquired that is invaluable is uh, a slightly more authoritative bent to my voice, the chance to have conversations with countless people that I really wanted to have countless those conversations with. And by the credit of having spoken to those people, when I mentioned that I have had conversations, it adds a lot of authority in even my sales presentations. It adds authority to my opinion about those competitors. It adds authority to it. It's so, so I wouldn't say podcast directly has been responsible, but when I look at the ancillary benefits, there are many, many, many. And that's why I continue to show up and do them. Can and, I, I know we need to end it because it's late at night for you. I just want to quickly say this. It just occurred to me when you were saying that, Robert, and, <laughs> Agents, do you just want to be seen as a, like a red fin? And I, I'm not having a go. I'm not being disparaging. Do you want to be seen as like a red fin agent? That you know, or do you want to be seen as a real knowledge professional that really brings value to the table? You've got two choices. Either you're going to be be turned into a total commodity, a red fin agent. 
Or are you going to be seen as somebody that brings real knowledge, real value for the table? And I think you've got exactly, in the next yeah, few exactly years, the you got, you, yeah. Well, and you, I you, want to be got considered a, to be a real source of knowledge and help and and inspiration for both agents, both new and old alike, like experienced agents and newer agents alike. Yeah. So, but as an agent, you you either you're going to be totally commoditized. You're just going to be that red thing, or you're going to be somebody that actually brings value to your local market, and you've just got to display that. And the beauty, beautiful thing about displaying it, doing a webinar, doing the things we said, is that you can um, utilize that to effectively market yourself. True. Very very true. Well, you you called it correct. We're going to wrap the show up because uh, not well. It's not so important that it's early in the morning. It's important that I have I have one more call to do, and I've got uh, a team of people here in the Philippines now, so I don't have the kind of flexibility that I that I oftentimes have with my schedule. But I'm going to say all of that, and I'm going to say, John, how would you like people to? How we, when we age the show, I mean, we always, John and I always toss out there our website address, and sometimes it just feels like I've heard it a hundred times, probably because I've heard it 160 times. So, um, I don't know. I, I did this the last time to you. Pick a method, not your website. Another way that somebody could find you. Do you have a Facebook page? Do you have an Instagram account? Yeah, or, join me. Yeah, follow me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Denwood. Um, I post um, a load of stuff on LinkedIn. I love I love the platform. So if you want to follow me and see what I'm up to in my other podcasts, I'm really dedicated to WordPress. I I um, my my degree was in computer programming. My master's was in UX design. I've been. I'm, I'm not an active developer, but I've got over 15 years' experience in WordPress. Um, but so, if you actually interest, follow me on LinkedIn. What about you, Robert? I'm going to do an unusual one too. We're going to say uh, today we're going to do Instagram because I'm actually posting content to it for the first time. So it's Instagram forward slash inbound rem. Um, I I post more like business lifestyle stuff. Like I'm posting some pictures of me and my team because I'm here in the yeah. Philippines and I'm taking shots with me and like they're they're all like they tr- they call me Sir Sir Robert and they. <laughs> They all want to take. They all want to sorry take to laugh. With me. I'm sorry oh, to okay. laugh, Robert. Uh, what do you? What, what do you laugh think they? Me. What do you? What do you think they call me, Robert? Don't no, oh, don't no, don't no, say. No. We want to keep the show clean. So. I don't know. I'm just so I've gotten I've gotten a few of these interesting pictures with me and these young you know Filipino people and and I'm gonna I'm uploading them to Instagram so go there if you want to see what I've been up to go to Instagram that's the platform I've been I'm gonna call that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna call you from now on so Robert (laughs) just great just great all right ladies and gentlemen we'll catch you the next time thank you so much for tuning in John and I really appreciate it uh, stick around and we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll hear we'll we'll hear you next show or you'll hear us <laughs>